We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton, keep talking that we going to see him soon. You feel me? Okay, welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Ribeiro. Here's always Johnny Gomez. Johnny, we are 69 days away from the NFL season starting. How you feeling? Pretty giggity good. <laughs> yeah, it's not that far. Not that far. And we both have no NBA finals to look forward to, so bring on football, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got the game on right now. Um, I think it's about to be halftime. <laughs> my my rooting interest in the series, former Sixer Dario Sarch, already got hurt. So, big-time bummer. Big-time bummer. Just not a good time to have any association with the Sixers. No, no, it is not. Uh, he got the rub from the Sixers medical staff, which is notoriously horrible it is crazy though this is the first finals it, since like 1972 i think two or three um where no player in the series has won a finals game before and or one one at won a championship i mean but there's only one player in the entire series who has uh played in the finals at all so and he made it once last year it's jay crowder so it's wild uh, it never happens, literally. And it's kind of amazing when you think about it, having guys like uh, CP3 in there, you know, having this amazing career and never having, you know, made the uh, the finals. Right, yeah. It's, I mean, CP3, Giannis, I mean, so you still likely got two first bout Hall of Famers in there. Uh, CP3 for sure. Giannis probably he's won two MVPs. Uh, so even today, but yeah, it's, it's, it's such a weird series. Um, so I, I wonder how the NBA feels about having these two teams in the finals. But anyways, uh, this is a football podcast. So we're going to talk about football. There's 
<laughs> it's July, so you know the news is not great. We're gonna play another round of Do We Give a Shit? Um, I did see a a a question though that um, I, I thought would be interesting to start the podcast before we get into the game. I saw that Pro Football Focus gave uh, named every team. They gave them their wow. This is just word vomit, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> they, they gave they picked the worst draft picks since 2006 for every team, and the Rams. They said it came down to Greg Robinson and Jason Smith. They went with Greg Robinson. I'm just curious who you would go with there. I think you have to go with Greg Robinson just because he was the higher draft pick. He was not. They were both two. Really? Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, wow, I'm tripping. Uh, I've, I've erased it from my memory too, buddy. Don't worry. I, I mean, hey, you know, I, those were years I'd like to forget. But, uh, yeah, I'd still go with Greg Robinson just because he was – he was, I mean, I remember when we drafted Greg Robinson, I was so not looking forward to how this was going to turn out because he was essentially an athletic machine, and that was it. You know, he was incredibly raw at the position, which is not what you want to do with these number two overall pick. And basically what you got was Greg Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard though man because i honestly think greg robinson had the better career that's not saying a lot it's not it's not at all but the the difference is like when you look at the the picks around them like so jason smith went second oh, hilarious matthew Stafford was the first pick in this draft by the way like coming full circle but these are the players that went after jason smith tyson jackson aaron curry mark sanchez andre smith Darius Hayward Bay, Eugene Monroe, BJ Raji, Michael Crabtree, Aaron Mabin, and Noshaw Moreno. So there's like one or two, two to three, I would say, actual players in that mix. Uh, most of those guys were terrible. Like the next three guys, Tyson Jackson, Aaron Curry, Mark Sanchez, not, not the best. Uh, Aaron Curry was horrible. Uh, like when Sanchez isn't the worst out of that bunch, that's saying something. But then you look at Greg Robinson and who went after him. Blake Bortles, Sammy Watkins, Khalil Mack, Jake Matthews, Mike Evans, Justin Gilbert, Anthony Barr, Eric Ebron, Taylor Luan, Odell Beckham Jr. So instead of being like two good players, there's like two bad players in that mix. And even old Blake Bortles made a Pro Bowl. So it's... <laughs> it, it has to be Robinson for that factor alone. Um, like, if they didn't draft Aaron Donald that year, Lesney might have lost his job. I remember wanting Aaron Curry, too. Uh, so <laughs> Wouldn't have been my, any my worse. Wouldn't exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think my pick wouldn't have gone any better. So, yeah. Uh, just goes to show you the NFL draft is not a for sure thing. Aaron Curry was, like, one of the most – highly anticipated linebackers to come out of the NFL draft in at that time period. So it was very disappointing to see how quickly he didn't, he left the NFL. Yeah. I mean that whole group until BJ Raji at nine, like, you could make a case that, well, besides Andre Smith at six, like Jason Smith, horrible Tyson Jackson, not good. Aaron Curry, awful. 
Mark Sanchez, I wouldn't say awful, but not good for where you drafted him at all. Uh, Andre Smith is still kicking. He had a good career. Darius Hayward Bay, not good. Eugene uh, Monroe, all right. It's just like, what what a horrible top eight. Um, and, you know, even Stafford, who's obviously good, you know, for being the, the – he wouldn't – you probably wouldn't consider him – I'd have to dig deep into it, but one of the best number one overall drafted quarterbacks ever. I mean, at least off the top of my head, but obviously still good. And we hope uh, he becomes even better. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, I, I think um, he'll be, he'll still be great, but uh, man, coming from like one of the worst top eight NFL draft picks ever. That's, that's, that's awful. You know, I actually might have to take that back about what I said about uh, Stafford too, because since Peyton Manning in 1996, these are the quarterbacks that went number one. Tim Couch, Michael Vick, David Carr, Carson Palmer, Eli Manning, Alex Smith, Matthew Sa- or Jamarcus Russell, Matthew Stafford, Sam Bradford, Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. So, I don't know. You might be near the top. I mean, depending on how you feel about Alex Smith, depending on how you feel about Carson Palmer. Uh, I think he might be better than both of those guys. I, you can't really say he's better than Eli. I probably wouldn't say he's better than Cam Newton, although after three years from now, ask me again. Um, Andrew Luck, impossible to grade. So I don't know. Not the worst at all. No, not at all. I I mean, there was some garbage names there. Some, <laughs> some that you just you kind of go back into your head like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Or the guys that you do remember were really that terrible. Yeah, and I mean, it is funny that, like, n- even the good guys on this list, like <laughs> Michael Vick, Eli Manning, and Cam Newton, and I guess Andrew Luck, you can throw to that mix, like, had a ton of problems, like, in a variety of different ways. Um, <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah, even though those guys are clearly better than Stafford. I, Eli Manning might not be, but he won – one enough that you cannot you cannot put Stafford out of them, um, but anyways, uh, let's get in this podcast <laughs> ten minutes in. So I think the one piece, bit of news that we do want to talk about, Johnny, before we get into our game, because it's hard to say you don't give a shit about this, is Andrew Whitworth. <laughs> he went on um, the Green Light Pod with Chris Long. I listened to his interview. Would definitely recommend it for anyone interested in, in either of those guys. I was a really good interview. He basically said in the podcast that he feels like 2021 is going to be it for his career. Here's the full quote. He set a goal in 2013. He had a patella injury, was just kind of getting frustrated with it, and was like, if I get through this, I want to try to play till I'm 40. I didn't think that was realistic or that it happened, but I was like, I want to try to do that. This year to me, it feels like this is it. I put everything into trying to play this season and playing at the level I want to. I feel like this will probably be the end. But also, my closest friends will tell you that I've said that for about seven straight years, so I don't know how believable it is, but it feels like it is. Uh, and it's funny with Wit because I, I think it was two years ago, we all kind of felt like the writing might be on the wall for him, and then he signed a big extension. That was two or three years ago. I don't remember when um, exactly. But he is turning 40, so I feel like you know I'm sure as people who are 40 can tell you 
you feel a lot older when you turn 40 than when you turn 39. So, um, I think it might be it. I, I, I mean, do you believe him? Like, he, I, I, there's always a chance that he comes back, but entering a season at 40 and playing that position at a high level, I mean, I don't know. That that feels like a daunting task. And for a guy who's made as much money as him, who's had the career he's had, I, I believe him when he says this is probably going to be it. I, you know, the funny thing is I, I'm about to turn 33 myself and uh, I'm feeling like I'm starting to feel like the bumps and bruises as I get older. So I can only imagine playing on an NFL level, you know, getting your your freaking head knocked in every day um, and then going into your 40s. Yeah, I, I do kind of believe him because. I think there does come a point in your career where you sit back and ask yourself, is getting all these bumps and bruises and potential other severe injuries worth the money or the notoriety? Because let's face it, there's really not a whole lot that Andrew Whitworth has left to prove for his career. He'll always be a really good player. Uh, I don't, I don't know about a hall of famer. I, wouldn't mind him seeing him as a Hall of Famer. Um, but really, he's in the latter half of his career already. So, I don't know. Like, I, I do think that if he's starting to consider that already, I think there's a very good shot that he's probably going to retire. If not in 20, uh, after the 2021 season, at the at the very, you know, I would say probably 2022 would be max, and and I I think that would be very generous. To yeah, say the least. he he's due 13 mil next year, so <laughs> I I don't know. Like you know, as as much money as is made, and as much as body hurts, as much as I believe when he says it feels like it is, it's it. When you get into February and you see you have a chance to either make $13 million or not make it. Um, <laughs> that's a tough decision, man. That's a lot of money. Uh, you, If he retires, he probably will not make that much money in anything else he does combined, uh, unless he goes on to become a really successful coach or general manager. So I don't know. I, I, I believe him. I think it probably is it. But if he plays well this year and the Rams decide to not um, terminate that contract because they do have an out and they are probably going to need cap space. <laughs> That's a lot of money to walk away from, man. That's a shitload of money. So so let me kind of ask you this, Steve. Um, what if the Rams win the Super Bowl? Do you think he retires a happy uh, Super Bowl winner with a ring? Or do you think, you know what, I kind of want another one? What What do you think there? I think he would strongly consider like I don't think he'd be coming back because he wants another one. I think he'd be coming back because A, he does like playing and B there's thirteen million dollars sitting on the table if it doesn't get cut or restructured. Like at that point, yeah, like if he wins, he's done it all. I, I don't think he's gonna come back to chase another ring. He might say that publicly, but I think if he plays next year, especially if they win the Super Bowl. It's for money, and that's fine. 
I would not judge anyone for that. I would fucking come back for the money if it was at that level and I'd accomplish that much, man. Uh, even like players, like I've heard like Richard Jefferson in the NBA, he, he played a year on the Nuggets just not playing. But he was like, they pay me over $2 million. Like I cannot do anything else right now where I get paid that kind of money. Uh, and Wit would make a substantial amount of money uh, if if he continues to to play like he has, but to play at that level at forty, you never know. So I I think he probably does feel like it is his last year, and I think it might very well be. But I think it's too early to tell. I think it depends on how he performs. I think it depends on how the team performs, uh, and then everyone will revisit at the end of the season. That's fair. I kind of I kind of agree with you on that one. I I think that. If he does come back, it will be purely for financial reasons. I, and I, like you said, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think he, I mean, hey, if you, you could still play, if you're confident, if if you're wanting to make the, an extra $13 million, I doubt there's another business venture where he can get it, you know, that, that quickly. Um, so... I don't know. Uh, I I would hope that he comes back, but that's just the fan in me. In reality, I, I'm thinking more along the lines that he's probably done after this year. I mean, hey, he could put it all on AMC and he could come to the moon with us if uh, if he needs to make more than $13 million. <laughs> um, Next thing you're going to tell me is he's going to invest in Dogecoins. Dogecoin. <laughs> I know some people who made a lot of money on Dogecoin, man. Uh, and unfortunately, I was not one of them. Um, he is the oldest player in the league. Well, no, he's not. He's the fourth oldest player behind two long snappers and Tom Brady. So, <laughs> obviously. That that just sounds funny. He's <laughs> behind two long snappers and Tom Brady. I figured it'd be some kickers up there, but um, I guess not. Minitari's out. Jason Peters... Did he sign with anyone? Is he done? He's on this list, but uh, I don't. I think he's done. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Also, Andrew Whitworth not sniffing the Hall of Fame. No shot. Hey, yeah, probably. But no hey, a man can hope. Well, I. You never know because he did have the longevity. Um. I mean, Jackie Slater's in the hall, right? Yeah. And, like, Pro Bowl. Well, never mind. Not even close. Jackie Slater, seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time yep. All-Pro. Take it back. Sorry, Jackie. That's a whole other level there, Steve. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I was getting him confused with Isaac Bruce, who had, like, four Pro Bowlers, but had the longevity. And also, I'm sure, as we've talked about at length, got snubbed out of a couple of Pro Bowls that he probably should, would have made under different circumstances. Um, but... There's a lot of good offensive linemen not in the Hall of Fame. Like, Tony Baselli is not in the Hall yet. And if he's not in the Hall, I just don't really see Andrew Whitworth getting in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Bo, Andrew Whitworth played a lot longer than he did, so eh, you never know. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it when he retires. Anyways, today we are playing... Do we give a shit? I got a couple topics, Johnny. You're going to let me know if you care, if you give a shit about anything that's on this list. Uh, Bryson Hopkins did an interview with therams.com. He talked about his goal for 2021. This is what he said. I just want to take advantage of my opportunities as much as I can this season. Every single rep going into training camp, I have something to prove. Obviously, I haven't had as much opportunity as I would like to in the past, considering we couldn't even be at the facility until later. But now that I have a lot and everything underneath me right now, I feel a little more grounded. I just want to use that foundation and put myself, push myself even further and just go. So this is a guy who has a chance to compete for a substantial role on this team, and that's the quote he gave. I absolutely do not give a shit about anything in that quote, uh, and I'm almost a little disappointed that he didn't say he'd like to try and see time on the field. Um but I don't care. Uh, what do you think? You know, I kind of give a shit on this one. Kind of. I'll give a, like a quarter of a shit here. You know, one of those shits where, you know, it feels like there's a big shit coming and then you just get like this little tiny piece of turd. That's almost we- worse than not giving a shit. <laughs> the, the, I, I have to kind of throw that out there because... When you when you kind of read this article, you kind of, you know, you start to read it and you think, okay, you know, that's good. He has, like, a little determination, having a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, uh, you know, especially considering he didn't get much playing time, actually didn't get any playing time. And then, you know, they drafted a, another tight end who essentially leapfrogged over him in OTAs, which I guess doesn't mean anything in the scheme of things. 
but that's not a good sign. Um, so in that regard, I like the fact that he's that he has a little bit of anger, a little bit of of uh, you know something to prove there. I, I think that's great, but like you said, Steve, it, it doesn't. You know, the attitude doesn't suggest that he's going to get out there on the playing field. You know, that's where you want him. That's, you know, that's where the Rams drafted him to do. And obviously the Rams didn't see a whole lot going into this year because they went and drafted Jacob Harris. So not exactly what you want to hear per se. Now, the reason why you don't read a whole lot into this is because some people just don't give good interviews and this isn't him on the field. This is him just talking. Let, let's wait till we see him in training camp and the preseason. That'll ultimately tell us what we need to know, but it's, it, it's not a good first impression, second impression, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it probably is a meaningless thing. Um, not totally related, but, I mean, listen to the topic we're talking about. I think we can veer. There's a ton of Jacob Harris hype. Like, do you think he, he plays a meaningful role, at least early in this season? Early on, no. Not at all. Yeah, uh, I agree. Just because, you know, tight end is not an easy position to come into. It, even, like, the freaks, like, the freak tight ends, it takes them a little bit to get into the rhythm of the NFL. It's a completely different ball game. And to ask a fourth rounder to come in and basically, you know, become a, a meaningful backup tight end. That's an awful lot to ask. I, I think you might see him get more digs in like uh, towards the end of the season. I think that would be a little bit more fair in expectations but it wouldn't surprise me if he had a similar outcome as Hopkins did, you know, back in, you know, last season. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe Harris is that freak of nature that can pick up things. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I have my doubts there. Yeah, I like he didn't play tight end in college. He was a wide receiver. And I just feel like it's going to take him a really long time to become even like a passable blocker as a tight end. Um, I think it's just going to take a really long time. And we know Johnny Munt is fine. He's fine as a blocker. Um, so when they do want to go with, you know, 12 personnel, which I feel like is not considering the weapons they have, like I feel like you're not going to be passing out of 12 personnel that much. Um, and so when like they come out with 12 and I know like when they come out with 12, if, if it's Johnny Munt versus Jacob Harris, I feel like it's kind of a dead giveaway. What's going to happen. I don't really think they'll have Jacob Harris out there on a ton of rushing downs. Maybe they will as a distraction. Does he warn a distraction? That's a whole nother thing. And if they like wanted him out there on passing downs, you know, they just have, we signed, we signed to Sean Jackson. We drafted a fucking receiver 57th overall. Like, there's just so many options. I, I don't know if they're going to be like, okay, we could have three receivers on and Tyler Higby on the field right now. Like, do we want to go with Deshaun Jackson or do we want Jacob Harris out there? Like, I don't know. Um, 
I I believe the hype. I believe he looks really good. I just I don't know this season when he's going to get out there. I do think it's more likely we see him than Bryson Hopkins, but um, definitely something we could dig deeper in August. And I really hope that they play him a shitload in every preseason game. Like I want to see that dude playing. I want him getting reps at tight end, especially if you believe in him, like they're saying. Uh, get him as many reps as you can. Get him as adjusted as you could to that position. Anywho, I'm sure we'll revisit that later on. Um, Aaron Donald uh, quote tweeted a tweet asking what the best fit for Melvin Ingram was with the classic eyeball emoji, indicating that he wants Melvin Ingram to come to the Rams. Uh, I definitely give a shit about this, man. Rams still have $6.9 million in cap space this year. I think there's a world where they can afford him or any of the other high-profile free agents that are still out there. Um it's just like I know there's money, but guys like Ingram, guy, guys like Richard Sherman, how much money is out there to to make right now? You know, if the Rams can throw six mil at Melvin Ingram on a one year deal, I think he has to at least think about it, and I feel like he might accept it. <laughs> I you got to give a shit about this, right? Absolutely, I, I think. Um... One of the things about Aaron Donald is he, I at least in my opinion, I don't ever really see him throwing out an endorsement to anybody. And for him to actually actively, well, I don't know if you could call this a recruitment, but somewhat of a recruitment, I would absolutely love to have Ingram on, on, a, on this team. Yeah, it, there, there's no question. Is he absolutely necessary? Maybe not. There's other positions that are more necessary, but in all essence, I, I'd be I'd be ecstatic to get him. Uh, I don't know how much he's asking for, but hey, if if he fits within the budget, I say why not? You know, uh, but time is kind of ticking here. You can add players later on for sure, but you you ideally want them to be a part of your training camp, a part of preseason, to kind of get into the rhythm of, of the defense. So I think the longer it goes without it happening, I would say probably not going to happen at all. But I don't know. I've, I've, I've been wrong before. Yeah, I mean, you never know, like, they could get to camp, they could see their guys playing, and they could be like, I don't know if this is it. I mean, I don't know if this is it. Uh, I don't love the group we have beyond Leonard Floyd. Um, we, we made it through last year, but <laughs> Justin Hollins, Oboe, uh, Terrell Lewis, there's no guarantee that that guy's going to be a playmaker. I'd feel a lot better having Melvin Ingram on across from Leonard Floyd than, than any of the guys we currently have. So... You never know, man. Um, I hope I hope they've at least, you know, batted that ball around. You might as well explore it. He's still out there. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think uh, I I think the hope is that guys like Oboe, guys like uh, Lewis, will step up and be that guy that they feel that they can be. So it just depends on also what Ingram's looking for in a contract. If he wants more than like a one or two year deal, that's probably not going to happen with the Rams. 
but like I would imagine at this stage in his career, he probably can't get longer than a two-year deal. Yeah, um, especially at this stage in the season, it's highly unlikely. There is still some team, plenty of teams with a lot more cap space than us. Some notable contenders with decent cap. How the fuck did the Saints have eleven million in cap space? How did they pull that off? Okay. Um, I mean, there's the Chargers, which I haven't seen it happen. You still got the 49ers. Um, you still got the Browns. So those teams, I think there's less of a path to playing. I think th- I think what would be enticing about the Rams if they went for it was, even though there are other teams that could offer you a little more money, I don't know if they would. If they were going to, I feel like it would have happened by now. The Rams can offer you playing time, like guaranteed. Like he would be a, he would walk in and be a starter. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt to that. So on on a team that is vying to contend. So I, I mean, I'm not ruling it out yet. I'm not ruling it out until it's, he signs out the out of line with another team, or we spend that money on someone else. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking, how the hell do the Browns have the cap space? I feel like they're constantly signing players. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. They had a ton of cap space going into this offseason, I think. That's what happens. Um, I don't think their quarterback has a giant extension yet. I don't know. That that actually makes no fucking sense. <laughs> well, they'll, they'll have to decide if Baker Mayfield's worth it. Yep. Uh, and I think they will decide he is. I think he is. Speaking of... Free agents. <laughs> uh, Golden Tate mentioned he'd love to reunite with his old teammate Matthew Stafford in L.A. He was asked about some teams that he would want to play with right now. He's a free agent. He mentioned the Titans. He mentioned Indianapolis. And then he said, obviously, the L.A. Rams would be fantastic with Stafford. I had my best years with Stafford. I really like the entire NFC West, to be honest. Okay, um, I don't give a shit about this. I think that, Johnny, it's more likely that the Rams sign Marshall Falk this season than signing Golden Tate. There's absolutely no way this guy's in the Rams. Uh, he literally got in a fight with Jalen Ramsey last year. So unless that you know they have, they have family issues, um, look it up if you want to dive deep into it. Unless they absolutely just buried the hatchet, and I wouldn't be sh- – I'd be pretty shocked, but not like fully floored if that happened because – um, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey is the father to Golden Tate's nephews. Uh, you never know. But even if they did that, we don't need another fucking wide receiver. That'd be the worst possible use of our money. We have what, five of them that are going to be competing for playing time. Uh, there's just no world. There's absolutely no world where Golden Tate is on the Rams in Week One, um, unless let me preface that, unless Robert Woods and Cooper Cup both suffer season-ending injuries. In camp, knocking on wood that that doesn't happen. That'd be the only way there's any chance this dude's on the team. Steve, don't don't jinx us. I hate the wood. <laughs> Giggity. Um, so the uh, the absolute absurdity of this. Like, I I I don't know if he forgot that Jalen Ramsey was on the Rams. Or, or maybe he remembered, and that's why he wants to be on the Rams. And <laughs> I just, I, I think it's hilarious that he even mentioned it. 
Uh, do I give a shit? Not not at all. The, the About the only receiver I would have wanted to come on the Rams at this point would have been Julio Jones. But even then, like, am I sad that, that he's not a Ram? Maybe a little, but am I devastated? No, not really. I... Sorry, I keep forgetting to press on mute right away. Um, I'm a little sad that Julio's not a Ram, but I'm definitely not devastated. I agree. Uh, Would have been very cool to see. We did not necessarily... We have other issues that we should address first. <laughs> um, today, I don't know if you saw this, Johnny, but there was a lot... Maybe the most uniform speculation we've had lately happened today. Uh, Andrew Whitworth on the, on that same interview with Chris Long did mention that the the alternates he's seen them they're a bit of a homage to the old school Rams uniforms. And today on a on an Instagram live, Tutu Atwell was at an autograph signing and showed a couple jerseys on the live that looked. If you looked at them, they looked like they were white with a gold trim, not like the current yellow trim, but like a classic LA Rams gold trim on the sides. And they didn't look bone. They looked white. Um, Now there was, this is all speculation on what color these jerseys actually were. It was a blurry Instagram live. Um, There was another shot where it looked closer to bone. Um, There was also some helmets in this shot that were white with uh yellow horns but those are known to be just fake helmets they sell so there's a chance even if the jersey was white that that's what it was anyways all that being said uh do you give a shit about any of this uh the only time i'll actually give a shit is when we actually get the official announcement you know it's kind of neat to look for different you know, clues and stuff like that. I think that's kind of something that marketing has done really well for all businesses lately. But uh, in in this regard, you know, if you're trying to squint your eyes at a blurry uh, IG story to see if that this is the right jersey or not, just wait till the fucking launch date. Like, it, it's, <laughs> it's coming, you know. I, I know it's taking forever for the season to get here in general, but... Like, geez, wait, wait for the actual launch date. You actually get a clear, crispy image. You may or may not like what it is. Uh, here's hoping that we'll like it. And truthfully, I, I freaking still love the jerseys from last year. So I'm hoping that, you know, they they kind of if if they are kind of taking uh, an homage to um, some previous LA Rams jerseys, I would like to see some of the incorporation of of uh, the jersey last year into it as well i don't know how you do that exactly but uh i i figured that they can like the jerseys shocked me as you know they shocked me on how well they were last year and before anybody comes at me here I, i'm referring to the jerseys not not the la symbol let's get this clear the <laughs> la symbol will always be shit yeah i I'm not as high on the jerseys as you. I like them. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure that I love them, um, but I also do not give a shit here. And listen, in everyone's defense, who spent a lot of time thinking about these alternate jerseys and speculating and maybe drawing up mocks, I don't give a shit at all about any of this. But we're bored. Like I get it. 
<laughs> like it's July. There's no, been football for like months. Uh, I don't judge anyone for really getting in deep on all this stuff, but I don't care. I cared about the logo. I cared about the colors. Hell, I cared about the jerseys last year. We're talking about an alternate jersey. Um, they're going to wear it once or twice a year. I don't care that much. I hope it's cool. If it sucks, I'll come on the pod and I'll rant about it for like five minutes. But no, like, no matter what this jersey looks like, it really doesn't matter. Like, It really doesn't matter, man, what this jersey's going to look like. And uh, we'll, we'll see. So next year there is going to be alternate helmets. Uh, the league confirmed that. They said teams can do it. So it's like, I don't know. Like if you were to do a full throwback kit, I would wait till next year so you could get the right helmets, right? Like this year I, I would try and go with some, like um, a lot of people are speculating um, a yellow jersey. I think that might look kind of gross. But again, as I just said, it doesn't really matter. They're only going to wear it once. And I I like the color rush jerseys from a couple of years ago. Um, so you never know. But I also hated those gold jerseys from like 2007 or whatever. Oh, I, for, I forgot about that. Those were Good. trash. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was kind of uh, in the minority there. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the color rush jerseys either. Uh I, I will say they're better than the ugly gold ones that they had. But, uh, yeah, the Color Rush, mm, not my favorite. But, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I I feel like the jerseys last year were pretty cool. Um, I think I think more than anything, I just like the gradient on it. I think that was pretty awesome. But uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah, I dig the gradient, too. I, I like them. Like I said, I definitely like the jerseys. They grew on me a lot, uh, and I fucking love the colors. I think the colors are great. Um, Hell yeah. Pro Football Focus ranked their 50 best players in the NFL. As always, um, nobody loves Aaron Donald more than Pro Football Focus, and that's saying a lot considering what podcasts you're listening to. Uh, they ranked him number one again, of course, some other notables. Jalen Ramsey came in at 16. He was the sixth six best defensive player on the list. Really only notable thing there was Jair Alexander coming in at 14, so he wasn't the top cornerback. Uh, no, the Rams in the top 50. John Johnson did come in at 41, though. Um, I don't give a shit about this. It feels about right to me for Donald, obviously, and uh, Ramsey. You know, a top 20 player in the NFL is nothing to sniff at. Jair Alexander's good. Like, am I going to bitch that they ranked him two spots ahead of Jalen Ramsey, even though I disagree with it? No, uh, it felt felt fine to me. Yeah, I I don't give a shit. It's again, it's stuff to kind of hold us over until the we get some actual news pumping in here. But um, yeah, I I don't know if I exactly agree with the with Jair Alexander going above Jalen Ramsey. I think that's. Uh, no, I don't agree with it. Uh, but am I do I am I absolutely floored that they chose Alexander over Ramsey? Not really. Uh, I I think he's a he's a great cornerback. Uh, but 
hey, we'll let the season do the talking. Personally, I think last year, Ramsey, his season kind of spoke for himself just by how well he contained all the, these amazing wide receivers he faced. So, yeah, I, I don't think Ramsey's losing sleep over it either. So, <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, well, you never know. Um, I feel like he takes a lot of shit personally. It's kind of like the Kevin Durant of the NBA. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's all it's all filler content. I mean, speaking of filler content, <laughs> um, ESPN interviewed fifty players, coaches, executives, personnel around the league to rank the top 10 players at every position. Uh, They ranked Aaron Donald number one as an interior defensive lineman almost unanimously. However, Johnny, one person ranked him fourth. And reading the notes on the article, it seems like this same voter voted Stefan Tuitt as the number one interior defensive lineman. Uh, Stefan Tuitt never made a Pro Bowl, never made an All-Pro team. Good player, but... Uh, what are we doing? I simultaneously don't give a shit about this article or this ranking at all. I do kind of give a shit that I hope they don't interview this person anymore when they do this stuff next year because it's funny that this guy's not a member of the media because that's just straight-up clickbait, my friend. And that's exactly what it is. It's clickbait. There's just... (laughs) There's no... There's nowhere in this universe where that, where that's actually true. And again, this isn't a knock towards to it or anything. He, he's a he's an excellent player. It's just Aaron Donald is on a whole other planet than he is. It's it's kind of like if I sat here on a pro Matthew Stafford rant and I said he was better than Patrick Mahomes, and then I went <laughs> even farther to say two other quarterbacks were better than Patrick Mahomes. Oh jeez, that's uh, yeah. That that's uh, that's about similar. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with that. But uh, yeah, I if if you feel like Aaron Donald is is overrated, that's fine. You know, I I don't think anyone can fault anyone for thinking someone is slightly overrated, especially when you got got uh, networks like. Uh, pro Football Focus that just absolutely love Aaron Donald, and, and I think it's justified. But I can understand why people would get irritated and want to say he's overrated. But to sit there and just kind of put a random player above him—that's where you kind of lose me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you, you it, step on to it. Like come on, come on. <laughs> um. Hey, speaking of the Steelers, this is the last topic on our list. This shockingly didn't come from me. It came from you, Johnny. I didn't even know this happened. Uh, the Steelers signed our friend Sam Sloman. Uh, they still have Chris Boswell. I think it's unlikely he uh, wins the camp battle. I absolutely do not care at all about this, but I love that you mentioned it in your list of topics for the podcast today. Well, I don't. Truthfully, I don't know if he was signed or not. I saw in the article that he was expected to sign. So I think um, I, I think the article I read was from the Steelers website. So I, I think it did happen. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, 
<laughs> I had to throw that in there just because I know how much uh, Steve misses his boy, Sam Sloman. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, he's he's going to be a, a camp leg, I, I feel, for like the rest of his career. He may get some in-game action if there's a lot of injuries that occur. And, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, he's doing his best out there. He's just not going to do it with the Rams, you know, and that's perfectly fine with me because, oh, man, that was some awful kicking last year. But uh, I had to throw that in there. Do I give a shit? No, not at all. It's just kind of amusing to me and something that I think uh, Steve would, would find amusing as well. Yeah, it's like if you ever feel bad for Sam Sloman, like, if you ever just shitting on him and you feel kind of bad about it, look up how much money he's made. Um, and then consider that this is a guy who went to Miami of Ohio. He probably did not have NFL aspirations until late in his kicking career. Um, I doubt he he thought he was going pro when he walked on campus. And if he just floats around the league for the next three or four years as a camp body and an injury replacement he's going to make a lot of money way more than I, than I make, you know, like he's for sure. He's, he's uh, he's going to do okay. He's going to be fine. I'm happy for him. Uh, I, and, I wish that I could float around the league and get paid as much as him. Yeah. Yeah. I know a, uh, I know a kid from my, my hometown who's my age, who's um, floating around the league for a, a couple years, just like as, as kind of a journeyman played on a couple teams. Guy's made a guy's done pretty well. Uh, he's made a lot of money, so it's uh, you make a lot of money just floating around camps. You obviously you want to get there full time. You want to stick, but ninety nine point nine percent of people who ever strap on a helmet, myself included, uh, we did not even sniff the NFL. Not even close. So like, kudos to all these guys who make it, even if it's for five games. Uh, well, that's the end of my list, Johnny. You got anything else you want to add? Uh, well, just go Dodgers until the uh, <laughs> until the season begins. Well, like like we mentioned earlier, we have sixty nine more days till the till the start of the season, and you know training camps a little bit earlier than that. So should be should be really fun. I, I'm looking forward to the season. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you, Steve. Yeah, we got a couple more basketball games. What do we got? Like one to two more hockey games, one to three. I don't know what the series is. Um, and then it's just baseball for a couple weeks. But we're almost there. We're almost there. All right. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Steve Barrow, at Johnny Clemens 6, at Talk Rams. And give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. And we'll be back next week. Sean Payton, keep talking that. We gonna see him soon. You feel me?